When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott with you tonight on Inside Sports. We're talking Elks wall to wall. 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch. Talking about Victor Kui and the Edmonton Elks mutually parting ways. That was announced this morning, reported uh, first last night, I suppose. But obviously a lot of reaction here coming in on the text line. 780-496-0063. Cam saying, I think the wrong guy got fired. Disappointing. Thought he was doing a good job. Uh, another texter says, why should anybody support a crap product or waste money on a losing team? It's pathetic. Team hasn't even won a home game in 22 attempts, a thousand plus days without a home win. Rob says, let's hope that the board is being honest amongst themselves because they are certainly not being honest with us as the fans. Pretty hard to believe that they actually stand for what they say they stand for if they can't even admit what was going wrong. All I heard was their version of the Salvation Army Santas ringing the bell asking for money, says Rob. Like Tom, but own your stuff if you want us to stay behind the team. Big Bald Tyler wants to know if OEG should make a move to buy the Edmonton Elks. Remember, they are a community-owned franchise right now. Um, well, it's certainly been bandied about and discussed, I'm sure, in many a circle, but... That's a big undertaking for a team, and, and this is a, a football team that's lost in the excess of $18 million over the last several years. So if you're a businessman, I don't know if that's the kind of proposition you're looking to take on. So that's a smattering of the opinions here, 780-496-0063. Keep them coming. Again, about 7.35, an hour or so from now tonight, we'll, uh, we'll get into your calls. I'd love to hear all of your opinions on uh, what's been a really busy day to sort of cap off a, a really busy couple of weeks for the Edmonton Elks, who, by the way, amid all of this, have a game in two days' time in Hamilton. Uh, they play a Tiger Cats side that beat them up on uh, home fields uh, back in week seven, I want to say that matchup was. It was sort of the middle of July at that point. But anyway, Hamilton has beaten the Elks to this point. Okay, more reaction to this from a man much more uh, esteemed and qualified to talk about this kind of thing. Uh, this is a five-time Grey Cup uh, appearance. He's been in five of them. He's won two of them. And, uh, well, I spend a lot of time with them these days, which I really cannot complain about. Learn a ton about football uh, by sitting across from Blake Dermott, our Inside the Game analyst on Elks broadcast, pre and post and halftime. Blake, oh man, what a whirlwind of a day. Welcome back to the show. How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm doing... Uh... 
uh, a lot better than Victor Kui is right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what uh, what a day. What uh, I guess we're creeping up on 24 hours since things fizzled to the surface online last night. Uh, the president and CEO no longer of the Edmonton Elks. Victor Kui uh, hired in January of 2022. Sort of a bombastic personality with a lot of uh, new ideas and really only an 18-month tenure now to look back on, Blake. So uh, how do you evaluate the news today? Well, you know, as I, I, I talked with Morley uh, yesterday, and uh, one of the things that I, I, it doesn't surprise me that this happened. I'm surprised that it happened um, halfway through the season. You know, I, I think that... Uh, there had to have been made, there had to have been changes being uh, being made. You know, they had to, starting with the foot, uh, on-field product uh, operations. Uh, you know, the coordinator uh, McAdoo was uh, was gone uh, uh, a week or so ago before the bye, and then now continued issues uh, in and around the uh, the organization's management, and uh, and Victor is uh, no longer there. I, well, I mean, I. Let's be fair. It says he chose to step down. So they've come to a mutual agreement, and he's stepping down. So they, he wasn't technically fired. But uh, I think we can all read between the lines on 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 that one. The f- the thing that stands out for me in a big way is uh, the fact that it happened in the middle of the season. You know, it's it's obviously the the situation on the field is what it is, but for something like this to have been enacted when it was, when in reality something off the field, you, you I think traditionally would expect to see that at the end of the season. Uh, did that strike you at all? Yeah, that that was the thing that, that you know that that got me. And, and and talking with a number of people today, uh, as you can imagine, that the phone has been sort of bringing off the hook. There's there's some people that I talked to said it it uh, it is uh, frankly they waited too long for this to, for a decision like this to be made. Uh, there has been some issues within this organization, and uh, and you know. Uh, I think um, I'm. I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to. to, to well, first of all, I, I I can't confirm any of the things that I've heard. But uh, it doesn't surprise me that this has happened. But um, again, at this point in the season, why this you know big change wasn't done uh, at the end of the season? Because you know the talk was, and listening to the the press conference today was that uh, the board is going to operate now with the senior management staff of the of the Elks organization running the day to day and 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 handling all of that and I. I truly believe that they can do that, but then they're going to be looking potentially to, for someone to be a, an interim uh, to fill this interim position. Well, then at the end of the year, you're, you're going to try to fill it again. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's a little bit surprising to me. I think that maybe they, if they this group can manage the club till the end of the year, then then let's uh, let's keep it that way, and then and then look to fill the position at the end of the year when you've got an opportunity to do an in-depth search and. Uh, and, and find the, the right person. So I, I we'll see how that uh, plays out. Uh, if Frankly, if I'm somebody that uh, is looking at this position, I, I don't think I'd want to take the interim position. I, I want to be able to, uh, I, I certainly just want to uh, wait till this whole thing is, uh, whole thing is settled out and then, then uh, put my application in. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure that the way that the board is going about it is, is uh, the way that I would handle it. 
Chatting right now with uh, Blake Dermott. Of course, you hear him on our Edmonton Elks broadcast pre- and post-game halftime as well. And quite often on the airwaves when situations like this arrive, Victor Kui and the Edmonton Elks uh, agreeing mutually to to part ways. That's how they've uh, phrased this one. I imagine you've, you've been talking to some other alumni, Blake. What's the reaction among that community to this move? Well, it's interesting because I'll know better this evening we have an alumni board meeting. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, there is a board meeting scheduled for later this evening, and uh, and we will have plenty of discussions. I can't imagine there being anything else that we want to talk about. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been uh, – I mean, first of all, as alumni, of course, we're, we're fans of the game and fans of the team and fans of the organization. Uh, very few are not um, – but the, the, uh, the, the talk and the issue is, is uh, of course, trying to, get game, trying to see this club win games. And I know the alumni have been actively helping uh, with Victor, working with Victor and his, and his group for pretty, pretty, uh, pretty extensively over the last couple of years or, or in the 18 months that he's been involved. Uh, we thought that the, uh, the relationship between the club and the alumni was, was pretty strong. And uh, now, you know, of course, with him being gone, it's going to be interesting how this uh, how this continues to move forward. I mean, we have uh, uh, we have certain mandates within our organization, and one of them is to support the club um, in ways that we can. And uh, you know, we were we were trying to support the club in as many uh, opportunities we could, and uh, now we're going to have to deal with somebody else. So as you alluded to, uh, the plan as laid out by the chairman of the E board, uh, Tom Richards, is to hire an interim in the next two or three weeks. That will be an external candidate. And then by the end of the season, they're hoping to have somebody permanent in place. Uh, it sounds like Chris Jones's job security is as permanent as uh, he could hope for it to be. Uh, Richards uh, mentioning that earlier on this afternoon in the press conference, Blake, that uh, he, he is... Um, solid in terms of his job security here in Edmonton, which might sound surprising when you consider the four and 23 record over the course of the last two years now and, and not having won a game going back to last September. But at some point in this franchise, there has to be some stability. And, and he talked a lot about the, uh, the operations cap factoring into these types of decisions. So um, what was your thoughts on them sort of doubling down on Chris Jones when I know a lot of the fans and the stuff that we hear in the post game is uh, to, to pointing at him as more of the issue than, say, Qui, for example. Well, I, and I, I, I mean, God love the fans, right? Well, there wouldn't be uh, there wouldn't be sports if there wasn't fans of the sports, and um, and I just think that um, a lot of times fans are, uh, you know, they they act emotionally. Um, that's you know fanatic. Uh, they they do they act emotionally without all of the information. And uh, I think the uh, the the board is is making a decision or has made a decision that was in the best interest of the board. And I think that uh, Chris Jones's position is uh, if, if you were to absolutely clean house in the middle of the season, first of all financially isn't going to be able to uh, uh, is, isn't going to be able to fly with this organization in, in, situ- in the situation they're in financially. You know, with with the crowds dwindling to what they have been because of this losing streak, um, and uh, so I, I think that they they have to put their trust in Chris. I mean, Chris is a guy that that has 
succeeded and continually succeeded in this league over his, over his tenure. He's, he's not somebody that has been out of this league for, for very long, and he's been around here for getting close to 20 years, and he's, he's always had success. The issues that they've got to deal with are issues that are strong, and, and they're going to have to deal with uh, uh, on, on building this club and this organization again from the ground up. And uh, But you, I, I think sometimes if you if – you, get rid of the head coach, it's not necessarily him that's the problem. Just like I don't think that everything should be pointing at Victor Quay as the problem either. I mean, there was so many issues that happened, you know, with, you think about this, this is, uh, they'll be now looking for their fourth president, I think, in five years. They'll be looking, they are, they're on their fourth head coach in five years. Uh, general managers, three general managers, four general managers. I mean, this is, this is systemic, and and how are you supposed to build anything, or how are you supposed to get stronger, and uh, unless you have stability, like you mentioned, and I think that's one of the things that the board is saying. Well, at least we've got to be stable in one thing, especially when you don't feel like you've lost the room, right? That as a coach, you know, they, I'm sure they've done all kinds of uh, interviews, with players and stuff like that, and and we've been around the the, the the team enough to know that the players all speak very highly of Chris Jones. It's 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 matter of right now of uh, of a talent and age combination of that and, and experience and and those are things that this club sometimes you got to go through that to to get all of those you got to it just takes time. It's tough to sit here and 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 you know speak ill of the board of directors, but that's a pretty um, less that's a less than stellar track record in a pretty uh, succinct amount of time there, Blake. How like they they need to take some some responsibility here, and in, in all likelihood, I think that they're going to have to make some changes in the practices in terms of you know making sure it's the right guy uh, in the next go around here. I mean, the decision was classified by Richards himself at the press conference as an interesting one to bring uh, Qui on board this time around. So I guess I'll I'll ask it to you this way. I mean, what values do you think the team should be uh, looking for in the next president and CEO of this team? Well, you know, first of all, uh, I just want to make a comment about the the board. The board has to wear this. Um, The board has made the decisions to let uh, presidents go, uh, hire general managers, all of those kinds of things. And their track record over the last five years has been Horrific, um, but there has been other things that that, that have uh, uh, that caused that. The COVID, uh, you had Milanovic that was hired, and Milanovic left before the season even started, and then they had to fight. They had to bring in another coach in three months before the season started. I mean, those are all things that there is no playbook for that. There's no rules that these. So, this volunteer group of well, uh, um, you know, well-minded people have uh, has has been put to the test and so it can't all be on their direction but certainly they got to wear it and and uh, uh they're all volunteers nobody gets paid for it so going forward though um i i i think that they have to find somebody that uh if for for a uh the president situation is somebody that knows the city um, which is what they thought Victor had known, but Victor had gone away for a long time. Uh, they, they hired Victor because of his new and different ideas, and uh, uh, I don't think that he had the right time to, to implement them. And, and again, to be fair to him, if this club was sitting at five and five or five and four, would we be talking about this right now? You know, I mean, if they had a winning record, uh, I think that this is this would have solved everything. But they have to have somebody that I think has a history with the sport, and I think it's important that they have somebody that is local and understands the the culture of this of this city. 
Final question for you here as we wrap up with uh, Blake Dermott, our Inside the Game analyst and uh, our guest tonight on Inside Sports. Some of the positive signs that you've seen on the field since these changes have been implemented. Uh, when I pose it to you like that, what uh, what comes to mind? Uh, to me, the biggest thing is a, is a collective breath of fresh air after the bye week, a new OC who maybe implementing things slower than we would have anticipated based on the on how things were executed uh, last week but nevertheless Trey Ford at quarterback a new OC and now uh, a continuation of some change in this sense yeah no I, I would agree with all of that I think that uh, it was very impressive how this you know the, one of the things that this this team over the last two years has, as we've strug- has struggled with is their starts and um, and they came out, man, 22 points in 20 minutes. They against the, arguably the best team in the league. Uh, and 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 the things that they were doing, the the physicalness that they played with, you know, the the uh, the crispness that they had, and and the fact that we one of the things that we've been talking about all year was the the running game. You know, like God, they got to get this thing going. And you know, 170 something yards rushing that game was was phenomenal. And the excitement that came into the stadium, like when I walked out of the uh, the press box at halftime and, and and just to see and to hear the excitement that was going on in the stadium it was something that is, I don't think I felt it for for probably four years and and that was what was good and and so now they just have to build on that and become this heck if they'd have played a three quarter game they'd have won that game <laughs> I would say they want to be a four quarter team they if they just if they just played three quarters of that game they win that game but they they played a they played a half and against a good team like Winnipeg they can't so so and that's that's just as I talked about experience and everything else got they got to build on that but I was really impressed with the uh, with the, the you know some of the results after the changes well, some reason for optimism, certainly moving into this Week 11 matchup, uh, what, two nights' time from now. We've got a 5.30 kickoff in Hamilton. Enjoy that alumni event tonight, okay? Yeah, well, it's it's it's, it's not really an event. It's just a bunch of old, uh, old crabby guys uh, uh, bitching at each other. So. <laughs> well, on a day like today, I think that's necessary. Blake Dermott, everybody. <laughs> that, uh, always great to hear from Blake. You'll hear from him again. What? Two days? Two days from now? Yeah, that's right. At uh, four o'clock, when we begin the countdown to kickoff, so leading into that five thirty game between the Tabbies and the Elks, still looking for win number one on the year. We'll press pause here on Inside Sports. It's Brendan Escott with you. It's six fifty one in Edmonton. Hi, this is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on six thirty. Chet. Yeah, you know, it caught me off guard. Um, just saw the tweet like everybody else yesterday and, um, you know, wishing the best going forward. And I'm not really sure what happened, but just just out here getting ready to play Hamilton on Thursday. That is defensive lineman Jake Serezna talking about Victor Kui and the Elks parting ways here on this Tuesday, August 15th, right smack dab in the middle of the season. The team has played nine games. They have lost nine games, and they head out to Trey Ford's neck of the woods, Hamilton, where he will be playing in front of family and friends for a second time in his career. 5.30 kickoff, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell will have the play-by-play call live from the Hammer. Blake and I set it up with a countdown show at 4 o'clock. 780-496. 
6-0-0-6-3. Professor Eric weighing in says terrific insights as always by Blake Dermott. Agree that the franchise needs to bring in a CEO that knows the history of this city and the franchise. I also think they need to use the double E logo more in their marketing and branding to bring back some of the fans. <sighs> okay, so this drives me absolutely crazy because you have to really try hard to convince yourself that the name change is the reason this team can't win a football game. Like you, you're really grasping at straws. Like that's 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 a way, I guess, of expressing your frustration with the fact that the name was changed. But as this texter says, this is from Wes. He says the name change did not cause the current woes. Correlation does not prove causation, but. Correlation here is heavy. And I guess part of the problem with all this, and you look at it in the bigger picture, is that, again, I say the word culture. We know what what Edmonton Eskimos football culture is. I don't know that we have any clue what Elks culture is at this point. If we do, it's not good. So the makeover, well, it's already underway. It started basically when they finally turned the keys over to Trey Ford when they finally made a change at offensive coordinator, and now we see the continuation in the front office. Next two to three weeks, allegedly we'll get an idea of who the interim replacement is gonna be for Victor Kui. It will not be somebody from within the Elks organization. It will be an external candidate. The permanent replacement, that might be from within talk about all this and much much more coming up in the second hour of inside sports play-by-play voice of the team here on 630 chad morley scott is going to jump aboard live from hamilton coming up next we'll also have uh, lots from you 780-496-0063 make sure you keep in touch we're back after the news